and welcome to Fly Over the Grass, the podcast where I get to talk to people who are tackling society's biggest problems in new and creative ways. This week, I have a couple of luxuries uh, in my midst. One is that I'm actually in a real podcast studio. I have moved out of the living room where I have been uh, treating people to cups of tea and uh, cheap biscuits on my sofa for a while. Uh, And now we are It's really great that we're in a a podcast studio called Outset Studios in South London. And I'm joined by Yasmin Ibsen today. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. This is exciting. So this show is all about careers in social innovation, Mm -hmm. whatever the hell that means. Social social innovation, social impacts, uh, working in the charity sector, the social space. Yeah. What got you to wanting to work in this uh, kind of area? Yeah. Um, And I guess... What would you kind of? How would you frame it yourself? I suppose. I guess um, I never really knew exactly what I wanted to do. Kind of growing up, I didn't have a linear career path. Like I studied French and Spanish at uni, so I've kind of always been interested in the arts and in people and in cultures and societies. Mm-hmm. And kind of when I was looking at stuff that's available for graduates and postgraduate schemes, was really kind of I don't know. I didn't want to be another number, and I feel like we mm-hmm. have to well particularly my generation and younger and our generation are going to be working until they're like what 65 70 it's going to be a long um road and I really wanted to make sure that whatever I was doing was um kind of making me happy I just don't see the point of going into a job or into a career when you're really not happy and I think so much of so many people are highly money ma- motivated and I don't necessarily think that that brings happiness. Um, and I think it's a good toss up to be able to have a career or work within a space that's dedicated to kind of helping others. And I, I don't know, I guess for me, it was what's going to make me happy, what's going to make me passionate, um, what's going to kind of drive me to get up every day and mm. bring new and exciting things into um, my life as well as me being able to give back to others. Yeah. Um, I think the social space is growing massively um, and it's changing constantly. New things are being added, new people are kind of getting involved and it's quite, it's quite I, I, feel, I feel like I almost run in, it's quite a small space at the, at the minute in London where everyone, almost a bit like a family, where every, you're only a few steps or people away from someone that you know or a business that someone's heard of that's, mm. that's kind of innovating which I think is really nice. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thought, that, isn't it? Yeah. Because I suppose what we... All charities or social social organisations are all kind of... Their outcome is always to make themselves redundant, right? Yeah. Um, and actually imagine a world where that social sector or whatever exist. does doesn't exist. Massively, yeah. Actually, the more you see it happening around you, um, the more you can see that surely this should be part... This should just be part of every business or every organisation social impact is just an aspect of what they do and I think it's interesting to see it as you're contributing towards social change I think like it's important to see the difference between I don't think one business is going to solve um, a social issue you know per se like one idea is going to be the oh well we've cracked it like that's the only thing that we need I think it's you're all working together Mm -hmm. towards a common goal and you might all be doing it in different ways but you're all kind of like hacking away at this brick wall together rather than it being like a competition to see who can kind of invent the the one thing that's going to end I don't know in my case like educational inequality I don't think there's going to be one business that's going to make the education kind of equal for everyone but if we can all come in and 
do it in our own little ways and contribute to um, helping solve an issue. Mm. So even within that, that's kind of maybe different from other spaces where you're competing against each other to um, yeah, make absolutely. the most money. You've uh, got to work together, otherwise yeah. you're all also going to be probably replicating a lot of the same the same the same stuff and actually that's never going to have the biggest impact exactly so educational inequality tell yeah. me more about um, this so oh, i don't I, I guess i've always loved for me i've always loved learning always loved school mm. um i just think yeah life you should try and get as much out of it as possible and learning is one of the ways um that you can do that mm. and i've always loved working with young people even from kind of when i was younger helping out in with people younger than me and I just think young people uh, kids like children they bring so much joy they're so funny they uh, I don't know they kind of already have the answers and you it's it's really kind of fulfilling to be able to show them that they already know it in some ways and just build their confidence and I guess what I'm doing is um, the critics club connects or empowers young people who didn't grow up accessing cultural spaces like galleries museums they weren't taken to those spaces as children and then mm. I guess they've grown up feeling that those those spaces kind of don't belong to them or they can't go there or there's certain rules and rituals that they don't know and they're not a space that they can kind of thrive in or learn anything from and it's about breaking down those barriers and that cycle of of them not engaging mm. and showing them that these are spaces for them and kind of, I don't know galleries and theatres are kind of inherently educational spaces to go to and I feel really privileged to have been exposed to them as a young as when I was younger and mm. feel that you know others who haven't are really missing out so yeah yeah I, it's interesting isn't it because I mean, in the Tate's mission I've got it written down actually our mission is to increase public enjoyment and understanding of, of the British art form from the 16th century to the present day and of international and contemporary art how do you think that actually fits with the reality of to what extent they are yeah. really yeah, doing, doing that. that? I think there's a massive issue in people viewing the only barrier to access as economic and being like, mm. you know, maybe less so in the Tate because, well, I guess also in the Tate because they have their paid, they have their free galleries and they also have their paid exhibitions. And, you know, these spaces kind of create these schemes where it's a five pound ticket or it's, you even maybe get a free ticket. Some Some theatres offer kind of raffles where you can get a free ticket for shows but I think oh if you have never been to that space before and you don't know what it's like there that's kind of not enough and Mm -hmm. I think more needs to be done when you do community outreach you kind of have to go to where the other people already are instead of just expecting them to come to you yeah and I don't know I think the Tate does do great work with schools and I think you know lots of theatres do 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 Mm -hmm. great work with schools but when I see these schemes like under 25 discounts I think the people that are going to be getting those are kind of like me who've grown up you know under 25 grown up used to these spaces and I'm like oh a a five pound ticket I'll grab that it's not going to be an 18 year old who whose social circle is really small who's um, probably never find out about it exactly who doesn't even know where to look and don't even doesn't even know that these spaces exist yeah so close to them yeah yeah I, I think as well there's a massive issue in breaking down the stereotypes of the art world, which is that it's super, well, which is kind of true. It's really white. It's really middle class. Um, mm. It's people that have got, come from certain sectors of society. And if you don't fit into that or see yourself reflected in that, mm. it's kind of unlikely that you're gonna, going to want to go to, go to somewhere where you don't see yourself identi- like reflected or you can't identify with yeah. with what's being kind of shown. or. And, and you've got like first hand 
uh, kind of experience with this, haven't you? Yeah. So um, because you've been working with young kids and taking them to art galleries yeah. and things, and as part of the critics, critics clubs work. Yeah. And what have you noticed in terms of their response to that environment? Yeah. And, and how that's all gone? It's. Oh, I guess this is this is what brings me like the joy and why I love it and why I just can't wait to like carry on doing it is you know before you ask them what they think theatre is and they go oh it's just Shakespeare you know it's just everything's just about Shakespeare and you know it's old and it's difficult to understand and it's boring and the first thing we um went to see I just took five students to see a play at the Oval House called Pot which was which was about gang violence and about um criminal activity and young mm. people being trapped in the cycle of estate life and and which is really they... interesting right because yeah. who because the kind of topics that are on yeah are really diverse yeah and digging into a lot of kind of tricky subjects mm-hmm. and all kind of classes and mm-hmm. in problems in society yet yeah, the people sitting in the audience yeah, massively are and not reflected are in not that, reflected in that at all, massive at all and i think mm. perhaps right the writers who have written those also haven't in some cases don't come from those backgrounds so it's interesting to take people who maybe do identify with some of those issues on a more personal level to see it and for them to be able to critique it whose voices in my opinion actually have more weight behind them than somebody who you know writes for the guardian or for the telegraph and who has never even set foot or have has never spoken to anyone who's experienced Mm. um some of the things that they're watching on stage but whose voice is you know kind of put on this pedestal compared to those who maybe that's a lived reality for and I I don't know afterwards it's more the debate that sparked from the discussion and the debates and the chats that they all are having independently on the tube home or on the bus home after we go and see something that I'm like wow it really did you know it did affect it did affect you and I've never seen them so passionate and never seen them you know some of them so emotional some of them yeah. took a, some of these boys who were all acting you know all the lads in the, in school and we go and see a play and they're crying and coming out and going wow. oh that was the best thing ever yeah and that's amazing it's um I, I don't know I just hope that they can see that it's somewhere that they can then go again yeah. and that that's accessible for accessible for them where did the idea come from um and what kind of drove you to to create it in, create it in the it. form that it is now yeah I guess so the idea came from when I was I had a placement um, as part of the course that I'm on in in a school, and I did ALS or AS drama. I've always enjoyed going to museums and galleries, and this school was a really great school in terms of the kind of whole heap of other businesses and ventures working in the educational sector that really heavily focus on getting kids into uni or getting them into Oxbridge or raising their attainment. And I worked in the school. I just kind of took myself and went into the drama department. And there were only three students studying um, A-level drama, which is a shame, which breaks my heart as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And all three of them wanted to do drama at uni, um, all doing their personal statements. And like none of them had been to the theatre outside of a school trip in months. And it it kind of struck me that if you're then competing against kids that are going to the theatre, have been going since, you know, age five or whatever, and go regularly how are you ever going to compete on that scale and I do think within education a lot of focus is given to STEM so like science technology subjects and equaling out the um, gender unbalance within those roles but I do think the arts are just as important in terms of a a kind of a space that is really really unequal and mm-hmm. um, massively hard to penetrate and hard to kind of get into if you've not got the kind of leg up that certain people are born with or certain people kind of just yeah have given to them 
So the idea came from that. And the same thing, then I went over to the students that were studying art and they said the same, like they hadn't been to kind of any galleries. And um, and they're, and it's and not even that they they're far it. away. No, you the know, school, if you're up the yeah. other end of the country, then... Yep. London, they had it on their but doorstep. London is everything there, isn't it? Yeah, the, the Tate, we walked. Just The Tate was a, I think, 25, 20-minute walk. They walk so slow, so it's probably like <laughs> half an hour. But like a 20-minute walk away, and it's free. They were scared. They couldn't. They were intimidated. They were scared. They, they knew that it was there, but they just didn't know what they would even do when they got there. And they yeah. kind of felt that everybody in that building knew more than them, had more of a right to be there, you know, yeah. could look at every painting and say, oh, that was this from this era was, and yeah. everything. What was their reaction when it's you not... said, let's go to the tape? Yeah, um, well, it's kind of mad because it was done on a sign-up basis. And yeah. I think, you know, as soon as the ball got rolling and they saw they saw the first five that went to see that play and then afterwards kind of the word got out and then they were kind of fighting for, for places. So it was really, really, really popular. And I think... Brilliant. The other element of it is that they go as critics to an exhibition or to a play and then I run a workshop with them the following day and then they're kind of asked to write a short personal review of what they've seen and kind of getting them to write that review in their own voice. So outside of the kind of acronyms of point evidence, explain, link um, and all of those things that they teach at school to get students to write in a certain way to get them to pass the exam Mm. and everything's so exam focused that in creative subjects when you kind of should have that license to express yourself however you want you're still confined by these kind of academic borders of you have to write what the examiner wants you to think rather than what you actually think yeah massively you know you can't write what you think of the book you have to think write what the mark scheme's telling you is going to get the kind of best responses and I kind of want to break that down and be like, no, I want you to write exactly how what you thought. And, you know, I want you to write it in language that you would want to read or that you think that your peers or your friends would want to read. Because why would I get them to just mirror back the same systems that are excluding them anyway, either in their mm-hmm. words or, yeah, why would I try and make their reviews elitist so that, you know, other kids are going to read it and think, oh, I could never write something like that. Or mm. that's, you know, that's not someone that like, that's like me. Mm. So that was another thing that I think maybe they enjoyed that it's not a piece of schoolwork and it's not, it doesn't get graded and it doesn't, they don't have to yeah, do anything with it. So how many of these sessions have you done now? So I've done, so, oh gosh, how many? I think there's probably been about 10 um, things reviewed so there's been about 35 kids have come on trips and some have come just once and then some have come maybe like six or seven times like I said it was kind of a bit of a free-for-all in terms of who got on yeah. and I'd like to keep the group small so that it felt less like a school trip and more like you know a group of 10 of them just going and mm. making sure that the power level or the hierarchy was really horizontal I didn't want them to think that I had the answers you know when we went to an exhibition I'd never been before and I'd never seen the plays before and I don't have a background in studying art or drama to a high level to be able to like teach them that was also really important but so far yeah there's been about 72 73 reviews written like individual ones written about different stuff which is really good and you know for them to have it published online and for sometimes I've sent it to like the director or some theatres are really, really keen to hear what they have to say. So like that's been kind of passed on and they've emailed me back feedback. And then to be able to share that with the group of students who've been to that particular piece, like, and to see them think, oh my gosh, this person's read what I had to say. And I don't mm. know, it's, it's, 
it's empowering for them. It makes Absolutely. them feel like that their voices are worth something because they are. Um, yeah. And it feels like you're, this is almost kind of prototype one, yeah, if you massively. like, yeah, 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 of, yeah. of what this is to yeah. become. Yeah. Just started out. Yeah. What do you want to achieve with this? Mm-hmm. How, how big should it be? Where mm-hmm. should it go? Um, what would be, be the dream? Yeah. And also, how are you feeling about it? at the moment yeah it's quite a, a big step yeah although in some ways n- not i guess because i think what i re- really love about this is that you've rather than spend ages uh, i don't know making business models and mm-hmm. thinking about the theories of how is this going to program going to work and what's going to happen you just went out just and did, did it. it yeah you were just like took <laughs> yeah. some kids to a play got yeah. them to write a review yeah. and it's online and then it, yeah it's there and then it's and it's growing there. yeah there's something really fresh and exciting about that I can totally see how already you're starting to kind of learn and improve what that yeah, looks massively. like you, yeah I don't think you can go with a kind of a formula that you think is going to work it's about testing it and it could have I could have had the idea and actually tried it and no one signed up and it not have worked but until you try it then you're never going to know so I guess mm. that was really important in terms of where it's going to go oh gosh I'd love to have I guess at the minute it's just me so it's like within my capacity but I'd love to have program running of mini critics because the earlier that you start to engage young people with improving their cultural capital and you know kind of all of that stuff that it aims to do and hopefully is doing then the better because that those spaces then become part of their kind of cultural norm that they would go to so it'd be so great to do something with younger kids because currently I've just worked with like six formers so 16 to 18 um, and I really want to develop so the program I think is going to be a certain number of weeks within a school and I'd love I really don't want the kids that engage to drop off into like a void of oh that was a really fun I don't know eight weeks or ten weeks or however long it's going to be and then they never they never do anything with that so I'd love to create like a network of critics club like alumni or kind of I don't know critics club critics that's not very good that's not very well worded (laughs) but I don't know (laughs) something like that where they can continue to review stuff um they can continue to be like invited to um I can almost I can al- yeah, I can almost see this yeah, like, kind of growing in an, into a movement which even you end yeah, up not controlling. Exactly. I don't think well, um, I don't think I should control it at all. Like it's not it's not about me and it's yeah. not about I don't know, it, it could be completely young people like it could be led completely by them. I think yeah. they should have control over what they go and see. I think theatres and cultural spaces don't stop talking about how much they want to engage this demographic of people. So if I bring them to their doorstep, now I'm kind of being like, well, I've got them here. I've got them going. Mm. I've got them to write stuff. Mm. That's actually free promotion for them um, in what they're writing. So in a way, it's more now, how can we keep engaging them? How can we make sure that they don't, that they keep going and they keep attending? Like, how great would it be if, I don't know, on press nights, they theatres and galleries could contact me or or the organisation and say, we want to invite five of your critics to come and review this. And I I just think that their voices are just as important as kind of, you know, whoever's. Like, what is a critic? Like, I I just say them like, you are now, I've told you, you're a critic, so you are. (laughs) How how do you feel about about this mission in the context of oversaturated social media nightmare? Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? But even, I think social media kind of can help because in a way that's where the idea comes from that now we don't just rely on what we read in a newspaper or what we read in a book to get 
you know, kind of to, to think of what it's power to the people in a way. If everybody wants to go online and say that there's something that they agree with or disagree with, then that has just as much influence over somebody from an academic from from you know those spaces saying the same thing. There's also something really interesting about how anyone can write a review of a play or an, or a show or an, or an art exhibition, and as someone reading it, you have no idea what their background is, where they're from, who, how old they are. Yeah. It makes it a brilliantly kind of um, democratic platform. Exactly. And there are so many, you know, mediums where people can write blogs or articles or whatever they want. And Mm. I think it takes a while to develop in anyone, really, that inner self-confidence and that inner belief to that, that even in uncomfortable situations or in spaces where it's kind of the complete unknown and you feel like you don't know what you're doing, you still need to be able to hold your own. You still need to be able to have that confidence that you have something to say and that, yeah, you have something to say and that your voice matters. And I I think in private school, they teach that really well. I think they um, raise their students' confidence and kind of just get them speaking on platform, public speaking from a kind of a younger age. The way that teaching is so curriculum focused currently may be, other students from in state schools don't get that opportunity to really say how they're feeling and what they're thinking mm. and be able to express themselves. And I think self-expression and creativity and curiosity are great in terms of tackling, of being able to express the good that's going on, but also the bad, you know, being able to get stuff on paper is, is a healthy, out, is a healthy um, mm. outlet for emotion. Because um, you also wrote a brilliant article, which I oh, read on <laughs> the blog called People Just Do Things. Yeah, People Who Do Things. Yeah. Um, people They're Who really Do Things. Good. People, they also just do things. They just yeah. do things. And <laughs> people do things. And I, and I loved, there was a, a terrifying, amazing statistic that you wrote in there mm. about... Um, partly the fact that creativity is an incredibly uh, necessary skill, right? skill yeah, which oh, yeah. everyone's going to need um, for jobs in the future. Yeah. But also contrary to that, that the amount of people actually or, or kids doing creative yeah. subjects at school is it's, just going yeah, it's down massively. Like, which is terrifying. Yeah, and the amount I think like the new um, EBAC, so the English Baccalaureate that the UK, I think the education department in the government's developing, like that doesn't include any creative subjects that they don't get kind of, they're not valued as subjects in that qualification. But yeah, if you think about where the job market is is heading and where we're going in terms of the skills that we need, like we have machines and robots that can do kind of so many things these days and I think a lot of jobs are going to become obsolete in however many years I don't know maybe in my life like when we're older I think the things that people do now won't exist because machines will do it and actually what what we are going to need is people who think differently who can look at a problem um, a bit like a prism or kaleidoscope and like twist it around and see it from a different perspective and I currently just don't think we're teaching that I really just don't think mm. we're developing those skills in in um and also no matter people. how much behind all of the ai and the robots yeah are people designing it yeah so yeah. so we need to have the abilities to as you say creatively solve problems and yeah. create good solutions using that kind of technology it's about people skills as well right like these mm. robots what they can't they don't have empathy they don't have um not yet they can't yeah oh God. <laughs> when they do we're all doomed <laughs> although empathy is a good thing yeah well yeah Dude. but we need to be pulling those out we need to be developing the ability to empathize with others the ability to kind of see things from other people's perspectives i think we're so sadly maybe a society you could argue is becoming quite divided um and I think it's really important that we don't 
exist in kind of echo chambers and that we actually are able to see things from other people's perspective theater particularly but also art allows you to allows like the telling of stories from like so many different perspectives and particularly for young people who like I was saying kind of live social networks are really small these young people that I worked with had never some of them had never like gone outside of their borough they'd never kind of crossed the bridge crossed the bridge into north london like they lived so in one space they hadn't seen things from other people's perspective and that and theater and art is a way of opening people's opening the doors for that and i think moving forward to get over some of these divisions that we're currently living through i think it's really important that we develop those in people and and Mm. continue to to expose people to new ways of thinking when were you younger did you did you start to kind of look around you and go hang on things don't seem quite right here yeah Uh, the arts that I really enjoy are not a space for everyone where did that kind of feeling of seeing social inequality around you and wanting to tackle it yeah where did that kind of come from and begin do you think I don't I I don't know if there's one moment I think within art spaces like I lived it like my Mm. I go with my mum my mum's black like I'm mixed race we'd be in the audience and be you know watching a play where it'd be like oh this is the all black cast playing Hamlet and how revolutionary and you'd look around and we'd be like the only ones or we'd be very very in the very minority and I'm blessed to have been exposed to all of those spaces by my parents growing up and but even I feel uncomfortable at times when you're looking around and you know you don't see yourself reflecting in audiences and as much as it's great that TV and um, film and theatre and galleries and all of those spaces are really diversifying in who they're putting on stage but I still think there's massive issues in like who works behind the scenes who's writing these things who's directing them who's going to see them you can't you know sometimes I think diversity is just ticked as a box that's like cool we've got these faces so therefore we're diverse but actually the power structures still exist and it's just kind of a a box ticking exercise and it makes them look good as a company but behind the scenes there's still kind of loads of structural inequality there I don't know when the when the moment was I think I've just been drawn towards things ideas people like organizations that I've kind of felt felt connected to or felt passionate about and that's how I've ended up where I am I don't think I had a a big plan to really do this I think when I was working with those young people I really thought what can I give them that they don't already have access to? Yeah. And it's not, that's like goes back to what I was saying. There's no point me creating another mentoring scheme or, you know, another kind of buddy system or uh, because so many of those exist that are doing fantastic work. And actually I don't know how helpful it is for me to just make that space more crowded for mm. and create competition. Um, like we're working within a capitalist system, but I don't know how useful it is for me to just add add more to that. Mm-hmm. I want to bring something, and like, what what skills do I have? What passions do I have? Yeah. And like, what can I bring that really, is not already being really done? Kind of so much of what you love and what you're yeah, about, yeah. kind of expressed in what you're doing. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully that's what makes it yeah. good. What do you think are going to be the the biggest challenges for you over the next yeah. few months, a year? I think it's, I think. In terms of, I think actually it's really about finding the balance um, between doing what you love but not burning out. I think self-care in London, I think London is the fast fastest paced, if that's even correct, city I've ever lived. I will have to continue to like develop really good self-care um, um, techniques and like coping and strategies because, you know, you can get to the stage where if you burn out, then that's not helping anyone. You Absolutely, know? Like, yeah. It, it's not, 
You'll be, you won't be a fun person to go yeah, to an exhibition Yeah, exactly. With. Or I just wouldn't be able to do it because yeah. I'd be so exhausted. So it's about, I think, moving forward. It's going up my own pace, um, learning to say, like taking opportunities, but also learning to say no to things and being mm. like, not having that mindset of, oh, wow, this is going to be the only chance I'm ever going to have to do this thing because mm-hmm. it's just not true. I think that's going to be a challenge. And then in terms of other challenges, f- funding and is a challenge I think most social um, enterprises like have to face, particularly mm. when you're in like the baby, baby stages. Um, I like getting those funding applications in and there's also the balance between, yeah, it's great. I love spending time with young people and I love running the workshops and running the trips and reading their reviews and, you know, all of that brings me joy. But then there's the other side of things, which is like the numbers and sitting down and checking that you know, all, all of the kind of admin mm-hmm. and doing all that on your own is like um, big as well. It's a, it's, a huge, Absolutely. it's a huge thing to have to have to um, take on. But it, it's a challenge and you, I'm up for it. Yeah, <laughs> excited about everything yeah. that goes yeah, with we'll it. we'll see what happens then. And all the many roles, we'll just the see. roles rolled into one exactly. that you're going to be. People see impact and um, change and stuff that it has to be. What, what am I trying to say? I think you can't get caught up in how many people you've done it with and how many, you know, you have to impact these amount of people and you need to hit this target and stuff. I just think if I've done it with 35 kids so far and they would have never, that in itself is like amazing for me. I'm like, I've smashed it because without me being there, then maybe they would never have been exposed to any of these things. So I think it's just congratulating yourself as you go along and and recognising the wins that you have. Keep celebrating the wins. Oh, massively, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Oh my gosh, well, a big win to you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, massive win to you you. for for getting the Critics Club going. And, oh, I can't wait to keep reading more reviews and seeing seeing more comes out. See what happens, yeah. See what happens and see how it grows um, in a a kind of wonderful, organic, but also passionate way. Yeah. Massively. Excited to see what happens next. Thanks. Thank you so Thank much, you so much for being on the show. Brilliant. Thanks so much. It's been really great to chat to you. Yes, and we'll uh, uh, actually sort of last but not least, how can people get involved? Oh, yeah. Gosh, I should. I need to do that. Don't do the, I need do to the do plug. That more. I need to do the plug more. So the website for anyone who wants to read the reviews so far is just www.thecriticsclub.co.uk. And for those on Twitter, please follow us. It's at critics underscore club. We just hit 200 followers, which is Woo-hoo! like another huge win, um, considering we've only been on Twitter like, I don't know, three months or so. so really? Yeah, that's like amazing. it's that's really, really good. So some more followers would be greatly appreciated. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Yasmin. I'd also like to thank Year Here, who have partnered with me today to deliver this podcast. Um, Year Here, as we've heard a little bit more about in today's show is a fantastic course and community that supports young individuals to test and build solutions to society's toughest problems. Check them out at yearhere.org. Um, I believe they are recruiting for new fellows to join their mission. Um, and finally, thank you for listening to the show today. Don't forget, if you did enjoy it, please subscribe to Fly Over the Grass wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. Mm-hmm.